Are we ready? I guess not. Welcome to episode five of the Rogue Ones podcast, where each week we go through popular topics, critique, and debate all things entertainment. Thanks to all of you who showed us love on our Instagram stories. Please do it again this week. Share with the world how you're listening to Rogue Ones. Post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at Rogue Ones underscore podcast. And use the hashtag, hashtag Rogue Ones podcast. We're looking for the 24-hour ads on your socials. This past week, we released episode four of the podcast. If you missed it, don't worry. You can go and listen to it on Spotify and iTunes. That's right. The Rogues are now on iTunes also. If you haven't already followed us on Spotify and subscribed on iTunes, go ahead and do that right now so you can see when every episode drops. And don't miss this Friday for our weekly gaming sessions at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can tune in for free on the link provided on our Instagram page. Thanks for joining us. I'm Josiah Brown. Joining me on the show today is B-Rob, a.k.a. Brandon Robinson, and Chris Yeah. We have something more important for you all. We have a special guest today, a.k.a. Bobby, a.k.a. Bobby Supreme. He's an old friend from back in my college days, and he actually is the one who created our cover art. Um, he's also a big music fan, considering he is a music artist. So tell us a little bit about the project you released last week. Hey, what's up, people? Um, <laughs> so last week, um, last week I just released uh, a new single called Leaving on a Bad Note uh, 2. is the second installment, and it's, uh, it's pretty notorious kind of in my resume because the first one that I released was last uh, last year, and um, I pretty much name dropped every family member, every friend that I got, <laughs> and every person I did not like. <laughs> wow! And yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was for the moment, and I released it, and I just called it "Leaving on a Bad Note" and posted it, and I don't know where. Kind of like an hour later, I had people calling me, whether it was to kind of wish me well, see how it was going, and then other people saying they don't want no beef. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, it's cool. I just had to get some stuff off my chest. But I mean, it was kind of that was kind of just it was funny because it was just a spur of the moment. And then kind of this summer, I was like, you know what? I think I kind of want to turn this into a series, kind of like how K Dot, like Kendrick Lamar, he 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 has like the heart part for and also, and then how Drake he has like what five a.m. in Calabasas, four p.m. in New York. So I just want to do kind of my own series. So like leaving on a bad note too is pretty much just my whole um, kind of my whole comeback to rap because recently I, I released an alternative album and um, and it was just, it was just a new sound that I had um, kind of under my uh, under my wing. I just it was just a new sound I wanted to, I wanted to check out. I released a full album straight alternative uh, in November. And the response was very, very opinionated. And, and it was kind of, I was really coming up to me and saying, oh, good album or like good effort. Everyone was kind of like, I wasn't feeling it or it was trash. And I was like, but then I was like, okay, well, here are the inspirations for this album. How do you listen to these people? And they like, no. And I was like, well, if you don't know kind of the background of where I got the sound from, what makes right. you think like, like your preference is very small. So I just got too many opinions at, at, at not the best time. And so this new single was kind of just to, a response to that and just to kind of tell people like, hey, y'all wanted me to rap. Like, I'm going to bring rap back, but I'm going to come I'm going to come with the heat, you know, because um, I don't think a lot of people can rap as good as I can. But that doesn't mean they can't rap. It just means, you know, if I get on a If I get on a um, if I get on a track with somebody, I'm going to I'm going to bring it. So like that was just 
the thing for, and that's why that's why the cover is Kawhi Leonard <laughs> shooting, yeah. Um, yeah. shooting the last shot at Game Seven. It was kind of like I'm coming back, like I'm rapping like that. Like that was kind of just the perfect kind of sports analogy because I like I like sports, so it's kind of just showing like show up or show out pretty much. I heard we like you like your chips with the dip, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I had to put that in the song. Yeah, I had to put that in the song because nobody was using it yet. So I was, I was like, do this. Sure. Uh, give us a little rundown on your background of music, though. Uh, Starting when I was 13 and uh, in seventh grade, everybody was rapping. Everybody was like, oh, I want to rap. I want to rap. So I kind of started out there. First song I did was Trash. <laughs> but as I got, when I got into, well, when I got into college, I kind of got, I got a lot more serious with it to the point where um, you know, I was just meeting other producers around school, around college, and kind of just learning here and there um, about music, and um, kind of going, and then like Josiah, he helped, he helped me out a lot with it, because he helped me put a choir together for my first project, um, and there I kind of learned, like the, my background kind of really kind of built in the last four years. Who are some of your favorite artists that you draw inspiration from when you like write your music and put out songs? So, um... You know, I would I would do an unorthodox one right now, like the first one. Well, like, well, a uh, number one is Kanye. It's Kanye just because. Totally. The way he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to my last full length album, you'll understand my influence. Yeah. Kind of, the way he puts music together, the way his music evolved to like from chopping beats on College Dropout to just doing full ensemble stuff on like Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, right. he, he taught me a lot about art, the artistry of like like researching cover art, like doing cover art and kind of putting your energy in cover art like you would in your music. Cause like it's presentable. And also people people tell me, they'd be like, they'd be like, yeah, man, sometimes I listen to music um, when I'm on Apple Music or Spotify, I listen to music based on the cover art, based on what it looks like. And I'm like, Thanks. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you can't have a trash cover art. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, you want to attract eyes and stuff. Um, and so I and I spend days sometimes on track lists, and I get all that just from how Kanye, um, how I've read about how he puts his work ethic towards stuff and towards songwriting. One thing's for sure, uh, Childish Gambino, he, he's just so versatile. You know, writing for TV shows, his music, his his sound that he's kind of evolved with. I even call. I mean, a lot of people say like Drake is kind of the biggest artist and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that man with the sales and stuff he does. In my opinion, I think Childish Gambino, on an artist level, like artistry, is somewhat is somewhat better. I mean, it's opinionated, but somewhat better than Drake. For um, sure, no, like, no, hands down, for sure. Yeah, just this, just what he's doing. Um, um, it's just changing again because he's always switching it up. And then I think uh, lastly, it would probably be um, I would say Ariana Grande. <laughs> Ariana Grande. Because her last project was hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her last project was pretty fire. Her last project was pretty fire. And the thing is, our research is it's it's so funny because you like it's like, yeah, I'm a rapper, right? Um, I would just say I'm a music artist, but um mostly just first priority as a rapper. I mean, I still I mean, yeah, I can research rap all day, but like if I really want to do a song, you gotta research everything. So like with Ariana Grande, what I did with her was like I was listening to her music all night one night just trying to do like um trying to get signature counts and trying to trying to break down her lyrics and stuff and and you know slowly figuring out that every pop song is literally structured the same <laughs> with like it's a four count it's four lyrics on a hook and 
you know, the bridge comes in during this and it's repetitive this way. Like, that's why with my, that's why I say like my last album, even though it was, the sound was different, it was alternative, it was, you know, auto-tune on this other stuff. A lot of people were like, I didn't like it. Even though people in Germany was listening to my stuff, I will brag about that till, till the end of really? time. <laughs> I have people in, in, in England listening to my stuff, but, you know, people in Denton, I guess they just didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, um, but I mean, I, I call that one my best project just because my songwriting, my songwriting, my production, and just my direction, in my opinion, in the local scheme of, my, of the artists that I know and stuff and the people that I grew around in college was unmatched just because of, I know the, the, um, the effort that I put into making everything what it needed to be. I feel that. I was listening to your two, uh, your the project you had last year, and the track that you got, a White Light, that definitely gave me uh, "Lost Lost in the World" vibes by Kanye. I was like, mm-hmm. I yeah. had to add those. I was like, just is Kanye's favorite artist? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I can tell, bro. I definitely see that Kanye inspiration in your music. I can definitely hear that too. Like, I kind of like snippeted through a few tracks because I knew we was going to get you on soon. But I definitely got like, of course, Kanye vibes. And I also got from a songwriter standpoint, I heard a lot of like Frank Ocean or like like kind of what you were saying about um, Gambino, like songwriter ability. And I don't know, as far as production, I definitely of course heard the Kanye, but I also had like a what you were saying about the four count. I know Pharrell does that often too. And I know Pharrell works with Ariana Grande. So I didn't know if he was possibly a, a influence as well. I mean, I know um, not not directly no, mm-hmm. not directly like his sound, but for sure, yeah, the way he sets up his music, because yeah. yes, he does do a four count before he like goes yeah. in with his music, and you'll hear it all the time. It's a it's a signature thing, like an ad, like a signature ad lib for a production for a producer. Right. Um, but um, but yeah, like him for sure, him for sure, because because the way he builds up his um, the way he builds up his music, and 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 even you know breaks it down and and, and the number of tracks that he puts into one song. I mean, yeah, it's something. It's something to look at because I mean, a lot of people with Pharrell, you know, they'd be like, "Oh, his drums are and this or that," and I'm like, "Yeah, but," um, but then also just his foundation of kind of how he builds, how he how he builds a song up, um, is for sure in there. And then and then just a quick comment about the White Light one. Yeah, I even got um, from Lost. Yeah, Lost in the World. Uh, bon Bon Iver was someone that Kanye yeah. worked with as well, um, and Queen. Queen was a very like oh yeah yeah type people. yeah like my friend Cooper that's sitting right here he is uh um man his his uh his uh I think oh wait yeah I think you can see him a little bit yeah hey. <laughs> his he's really crazy on the like the rock and roll and everything and so I can kind of point to him as a little as giving me a little bit of credit with checking out bands like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Queen. Cause I checked out all those bands just to write the first song because the way they, the way they, um, I mean, their song, songwriting for rock is, is on another level for sure. And you, and you can, and you hear a lot of rappers say, you know, they want to be rock stars. And I mean, I'll tell you, if I, if I had a, if I could sing, <laughs> if I could sing and play guitar, believe me, I would be a rock star. <laughs> yeah. Like for sure. Yeah, I definitely, and I also see what you've seen um, about like song structure and how rap is like not the same no more because nowadays rap like song structure is very like undersaturated because people think song structure means like like be repetitive and that's not always the case exactly yeah 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 exactly the um it's it's never 
it's not the case and 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 just it's just so funny that researching some songs that have that repetitive um that repetitive course or whatever it's so yeah. funny it takes so much time to make that repetitive course because you need to see how um if you really wanted to hit audiences in that in a pop sort of way yeah. um, it, it, it takes a lot of work to do it and I've, i mean I've, I've heard the best advice i heard from making to make those types of songs um like a repetitive hook or, or whatever like that um i forgot who i heard it from it, it was a it was a known artist i think it was from p diddy but he said that to make like the best hook or the best chorus you never need you never need to think about it you always like if you have the beat or something just say some random stuff but if it comes out yeah. good just keep working on it but just say the most random stuff freestyle it and that is going that's going to be your chorus if you're thinking about it like how you think about a rapper or like a, a heartbreak song because a lot of those are well written or take months to take months to write if you're doing that for a chorus it's not going to be good because it needs to be effortless because when a singer when, when the listener listens to it in their car or something they're going to sing to it like it's effortless and they right. need to do that too difficult for them not to follow yeah for sure um wrapping yeah. up with this segment we got to find out what that number one kanye project is of yours for me oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Like a lot, time dude it's 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 my it's, it's dark twisted fantasy my beautiful dark fantasy. Yeah, that's what's um, up. his the the sound is on another level his samples the way the way he comes in and and then just closes it up is crazy like like i mean like co college dropout college dropout is great but he'll even say it himself he wasn't creme de la creme pretty much mm -hmm. late uh late registration just a building on college dropout true graduation um, graduation, yeah, he said he was he was testing something different, um, but still, I didn't think it had that crazy ensemble of different directions. Cause like he like I, I call I call Dark Twisted Fantasy pretty much his opera album, like his opera mm -hmm. album, because the way he's just using all these different instruments and the artists that he's getting together for that album is just crazy. And the fact that he had twenty, he had what like twenty vocalists, like you know that you know the song. Light, all of the lights. Yeah, he had like he had like twenty vocalists. Though. Like he had like Elton John, Alicia mm -hmm. Keys, um, Alicia Keys, John Legend. Like he had uh, Ergie. He had so many people on this round of that yeah. one song. Right. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. And I'm just listening, trying to see all the vo all the voices I could hear. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just that's number one for me. That's for number sure. one for me. For sure. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Oh yeah, 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 man. I appreciate it too, bro. I appreciate it too. Oh, um, but yeah, my Instagram is uh Bobby B O B B Y and then underscore um L A S U P. So Bobby Lass up again B O B B Y underscore L A S U P. Heard it there. Follow my boy. Check his music out. You're here if you like Kanye, like the what my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. You heard he gets his inspiration from Ariana Grande too. My man is limitless out here, so check him out. Facts. Right Facts. Yeah. I'm gonna be banging the rest of that album yeah, once I get off here. Check out my highlights on Instagram. You'll see my behind the scenes of everything about my production. Hey. Yeah. So, hopefully we catch you on the show again, and hopefully we can get that shout out on uh, leaving on a bad note part three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bro, I got so much reaction. I'm like, I might have to drop it. I might have to drop a third one. Who knows? Hey, <laughs> We want it. We like yeah, I got you. Deal. I got you, bro. I got you, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. For sure.
right, my boys, you know, it's time to switch gears here. We're about to take it to the sports world over here. We got a pretty short segment here because we got a long lineup for you later. So I'm going to make it quick. In the NBA, you know, we got Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich teaming up again. But this time, Tim be calling shots from the bench as the assistant coach for the Spurs. Pretty wild. I mean, they got five rings as a player. Let's see what they can do as a coach, you know? Right. We all know my boy Brian getting the ring this year, but I ain't going to talk about that right now. We talking about them other boys. Excuse me. I, I'm just saying, y'all saw it too. He, you see how excited that man was today when he introduced them all to the city. Uh, they Steve feel like Ballmer was on fire. Like the ring. You I'm think just, me and Brian losing sleep over Steve Ballmer? I would. Steve Ballmer. <laughs> losing sleep, but he might be losing something. I, I don't know. We just gotta wait and see, bro. We just gotta wait. Bro, on his Instagram, he was getting his his hair brushed for three hours. He losing something. <laughs> He ain't losing no game seven to them Probably boys. I know that boy. He ain't losing no game seven to them boys. Moral of the story: <laughs> the Clippers getting pretty disrespectful. While we talking about this battle of LA here, I was at work one morning. I wanted to uh, listen to first things first with Chris Carter and Nick Wright. It had Isaiah Thomas on there, and they had the audacity to say, "I believe it was Isaiah Thomas that said it." He said, "If Greg Popovich is the number one coach in the league." Then Doc Rivers is number two. That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. Doc Who Rivers. Is? Ah, Steve Curry. <laughs> Steve Curry. Oh. first, but we're not even putting Doc Rivers in top three. This man fails. This man fails. Or not his flaws? You, you, you want to talk about flaws? How you have T Mac, Grand Hill, and Mike Miller, and you don't get to the finals? How you have. Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen only win one ring. How do you have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan and can't get out the second round? You got to be coaching, apparently. You might be on to something. Yeah. <laughs> ain't just been the president, too? Let's say he was in charge of all operations. That, that might explain it. at one point. <laughs> I mean, he probably still do to a certain degree. But explain <laughs> but to me. Now you have all these teams that's supposed to be contending for championships, and you only got one ring to show for it. Okay, and you got a problem. Obviously, we got to see what they do this year. See if they can turn around. I'm, I'm just the Doc Rivers hype. Hype is beyond me. I don't understand how this man all of a sudden became a Hall of Fame coach over a ring in 2008. Because he helped Paul Pierce says. So. <laughs> Paul Pierce. Paul. <laughs> I had to I'm do that. Just to, <laughs> I'm just on here to start traffic. I'm just on here to start drama. Don't get me started on Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. What'd you say about Paul Pierce? Huh? What'd you say about Paul Pierce? <laughs> Don't get me started on that, man. We got a show to do. <laughs> Anywho, to another sport before I get started. We'll be here for another hour. <clears throat> In the NFL lately, you know, not much happening besides a lot of players wanting their money and holding out. But Odell Beckham decided to take it. His time to send his shots towards New York. Essentially, if you didn't see the comments, he basically said he the reason why the Giants were getting on TV. The Giants was trash. They were getting primetime games. Why? Because he was the guy and he brought them all money. Do you guys disagree with this statement? I don't. But uh, he wasn't lying until last year because last year they, I was just watching for Barkley. Same. Last year. <laughs> but, I mean, in general, it was definitely Odell we all watched for. So, yeah. no other reason. So, yeah, there's no argument with that. 
And whatever Giants fans are saying out there, y'all lying. Y'all missed the man. And don't ever say y'all don't. Y'all, y'all not watching for y'all not watching for Eli at all. Don't lie. Yeah. We already y'all got a it. y'all got a quarterback from Duke who's a scholar. Y'all not watching for him. Stop <laughs> it. Take one now. That's all y'all got left. So enjoy it. Which I think they season gonna look like this year. Um, Saquon better get out while he can. He better demand that trade. It's too early, bro. It's too early. For what? I'm gonna make a call to my boy Bill. See if we can get him on the squad. Oh no, y'all can't. No. He only throws the running back. That's the that's the wrong uh that's the wrong red and blue. He needs to be wearing. We can't we can't have him rocking that. Yeah, tweak it. Yeah, disrespect. Um, I think the Giants are gonna have a. Not a terrible season, but not a great season. I'll, I'll leave it at that. They improved some things on offense, considering the offensive line, which is the most important thing they need to make Saquon work. So as long as they have Saquon, they can at least get at least five wins, six wins. They ain't going to be the worst team, I don't think. They can beat out the Dolphins at least for that job. So they're going to be all right, I think, for that most. Yes. Hopefully Saquon doesn't have this, this sophomore slump, but they're not getting to 500 at all. Yeah. <laughs> I got them winning four games. Four? Come on, you gotta give them at least five. It's Saquon. Nah, give them nah. a four. <laughs> four. I get, I'm giving y'all five Giants fans. I'm giving y'all five. I don't like Giants fans, so I'm giving them four. You think I do? I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> well, oh, I'm just said. saying Saquon. They can't do it by himself. Yeah. Like, who are their receivers? <laughs> Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Oh yeah. Okay, I forgot about him. Okay, maybe five then. I guess. What has he done so far, though? The X Factor, Golden Tate. He getting old. That is the age your main thing. <laughs> Only when it benefits him. That's some BS. <laughs> That's some BS. I told you. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, obviously. Well, more of the story. Giants gonna be trash. Tim and Pop reunited. The Clippers pump your brakes. You're not there yet. You're still a little bro, not big bro in the city, and you know. That's your boy with the sports. I kept it short. So let's switch on to the next topic, shall we? Yes. Comic-Con 2019 went off. It went down. Back. Talking this it. summer so let's far. Talking about it. Comic-Con came around. They showed up. They showed out. Let's kick it off with what DC brought us. We got a glimpse that Young Justice Season 4 will be coming to us soon on the DC Universe app. It's lit. We got it's lit. Doom Patrol Season 2. I might have to catch up on that. I did see a little bit of Doom Patrol, but I kind of uh, only got into that because I was watching Titans, and they had a cameo in Titans. So I'm going to have to check that out. But what I'm excited for that DC rolled out was the Arrowverse trailers. We had Flash, we had Arrow, we had Supergirl. Uh, I don't believe they dropped a trailer for Batwoman, but they did give us some Bat, uh, Batwoman looks. Hmm. What's y'all initial thoughts? I know Josiah, you're a fellow big Arrowverse fan like myself. What's your initial thoughts on the trailers? Man, I'm pretty excited, mostly for Flash and Arrow. It's going to be hard to see Arrow go. This trailer is already saying it. You can see it in it. This is about to be the end of Oliver Queen as we know it. But, I mean, we got to live with that. He gave us a lot of good seasons, so this going to be it for him. But the Flash season, I'm really excited for that one, man. Um, the villain, everything that's about to be taking place, you can just tell about that. some amazing things about to happen this season. So I'm ready for it. Yeah, we got two villains in uh, Flash this season, so that's going to be lit. I think we might. 
get a Star City show after Arrow. I heard some rumors that maybe a show might take place at like based on in the future with his kids and everything. So hopefully that happens out of it. But yeah, I don't know if I even want that. I'm not sure. Sometimes I don't know. The story got to die. Because the I think it's one of them. The episode they did in season seven with the Star City 2040 that was a pretty lit episode that showed into the uh, future where Mia Smoke grows up. That was pretty lit. I really don't know. I'm still not stuck on that yet. Cool. I have to see. I have to see. I mean, cause, I don't know. It was a pretty good storyline. What did you say, Brandon? I'm definitely interested in this Batgirl because she she got some raw comic books. That might be one of my top ten favorite comic series of all time. So Batgirl, see, I might have to bridge my interest into the Arrowverse the wrong way. <laughs> it's have to have to start with her. Yeah, start the Batgirl. Hey, as long as you get to. <laughs> Starting with the most latest show. No, you gotta start with Arrow and work your way up the ranks, my boy. And then skip Supergirl. Skip the what? Skip the what? Supergirl. You don't need to watch that. He'll be all right. Well, I mean, I feel like this man being biased. <laughs> not. As Chris said, and just saying what Chris said, the greatest thing they changed in this trailer is from going to a skirt to tights. Words of Chris, not Joe Sanchez. First off, I personally like Supergirl. I, however, do not watch the show. I do watch it on Netflix when I have to watch the crossover episodes. Oh, so you only watch it for crossovers where everybody else is in. <sighs> my, only, <laughs> my only beef with Supergirl is I personally don't like shows with overpowered characters. That's the only thing. I don't like because her situation is just like, why can't you just destroy it? Ain't you strong? With, like, you Superman's cousin. You got the same abilities as him. Just destroy it. See, that's the part oh. that gets that's the only thing I don't like about Supergirl. I'm gonna make this quick. But the fact that I heard her once say that I'm gonna get my cousin on you, it really pissed me off. Cause I'm like, first off, Superman can hear everything that's going on. If he really was here, he would have showed up. And secondly, don't you have like the same exact powers? What you need him for? Like, it just really picked me off there. But I just can't watch Supergirl. I just can't. I can't do it. I'm not a fan of over overpowered characters. But yeah, Arrow's gonna be lit. If they do something with the future after that, I believe it's going to be a list show. Flash, this season, this season might mean something, bro. We finally going to get the crisis on Infinite Earth. We might see what really happened. Because my theory, I have, I have a whole theory of this whole show. So once Christ, once we get close to the crisis, I'm gonna share my theory about the whole Flash timeline and everything like that. But I'm excited for it because I believe it's going to go according to my theory. Which I will share later. See, while we're still talking about superhero stuff, let's talk about Marvel. They release so many things at Comic Con. Oh, what do you guys have as maybe like the best thing that you think is coming out for this Phase Four and Phase Five Groundworks? What's your thoughts on this? Go in, be wrong. Oh man, they have. I'm pretty much looking through this list. They released eleven titles, future titles coming out. I'm watching all of them. I'm buying Disney Plus first week. <laughs> I'm watching all of them, man. Like, uh, a lot, I think Eternals is kind of getting a lot of flack because a lot of people don't understand what's going on with that. But what everybody needs to know is what they can possibly bring. Because Eternals can be the reasons why they can bring the X-Men into the MCU. And also the reason, of course, for the Fantastic Four. A little background on the Eternals, because I just did, I already knew about the Eternals, but I did some extra homework. The Eternals are just like, Ultra beings, kind of similar to Celestials, which was the same as uh, Star Lord's father and Guardians of the Galaxy two. Everybody's probably gonna wonder, oh, well, where the heck was the Eternals during the, during the uh, Endgame? 
the Eternals don't care about what's going on with minuscule problems. They don't care. They're like very like unattached from the world. Just like if you was to ask somebody from London, how do you feel about Donald Trump? They don't really care that much because they don't really live here. So that's kind of the Eternals roll out. They basically have the they, they of course they have your basic powers of like flight and stuff like that. But they also change up cosmic energy which allows people to get the mutant gene and stuff like that. So I feel like that's going to be a huge gate for phase four. And of course the groundworks of a uh, phase five as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the what if animated series. That's going to be dope just because I, the comics are hard. They can bring in Marvel zombies. They can bring in uh, the secret invasion, the secret war and all that stuff. Um, I'm also excited, of course, for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is gonna be tough because they're bringing in some idea of the multiverse. And lastly, I'm gonna go Loki because you know everybody's trying to figure out where Loki is after Endgame mm-hmm. during the time heist where he took the Tesseract and went straight through the floor and was off the map after that. So it's gonna be interesting to see what, where they you know take the Prince of Mischief. True, true. But you, Chris, what you got? Uh, right now, well, I'm definitely with Brandon when he said earlier with the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness. I'm really excited to see the multiverse being introduced tomorrow. We'll see the direction we take to that. What I'm really excited for, what you mentioned with the Eternals, are how they could possibly bring in X Men and Fantastic Four all into the same universe, like Avengers and all that. I'm excited for that because I was talking to a co worker by named Scotty B, Scotty Blackwell, my homeboy. He was talking about how in the Black Panther comics, you know, how uh, Black Panther and Storm from X-Men essentially end up getting married. She becomes the queen mm-hmm. of Wakanda. So if they do that, that would be dope. I know all people for the culture would be at that movie, and we can all stand <laughs> up Wakanda forever one last time. You know what I mean? That's what I'm most excited for. And the What If series, like Brandon said. I kind of wish the What If series was kind of like live action, but I know that's asking for a lot. But yeah, I, I, I'm content. I'm content. What about you? Ooh, for me, I'm gonna go Doctor Strange too. I feel like that's just gonna be something amazing. Like we all been talking about the multiverse. I'm ready for it. I've been waiting for it for like the last two years. So I gotta see that. Um, Blade. This is gonna be a yes. surprise, but Blade. Marshall Ali. Yes, exactly. Marshall Ali is gonna be playing the lead. And plus, like I haven't seen Blade in like I would say at least eight years. I literally haven't seen it since this came out. But I'm excited that they finally bringing this into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, this is what I, something I've been waiting on for a minute after seeing videos from Supreme Dreams. Shout out to him. But I'm just like, I've been waiting for the Blade to be put into this. So it's, it's about time. Um, besides that, I would have to say it's between, like, you know, Loki and the Weather series. Just to see, because obviously Loki is always up something. I just want to know what he's doing right now. This man is always doing something mystery. So I just want to see what's up next with him. Um... I, I just think they're gonna take a different approach onto this, uh, onto Disney Plus, because I think everybody's just expecting the shows to be like how Luke Cage and Defenders was. I feel uh-huh. like it's just gonna they gonna come swinging with something totally different. Oh, like yeah. it's still gonna be cinematic, but it's I don't know. I just feel like something's gonna be crazy about it. Yeah, it's gonna be something we haven't seen before, so mm-hmm. just yeah. really And honestly, I think that Thor ain't gonna be that good. The uh, what Love and Thunder? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's gonna be it, Chief. I've been keeping that under wraps, but I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm like, with Natalie Portman being confirmed as Lady Thor, that's a little cool, I guess. I love Natalie Portman, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be it, Chief. Yeah, something just seemed off about this, but I'm still going to watch it to see, but it just seemed off. 
I know, and I know, like, uh, Marvel's finally getting their, like, representation as far as in the LGBT community, because they said there's confirmed um, characters of those communities in the Eternals, and also in Thor, with, they just confirmed um, Valkyrie as LGBTQ, so that's pretty interesting. Something to see. But we got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... I almost forgot. <laughs> One of Marvel's yeah. great TV shows that they had. Oh, I agree. The past, bro. What, that, that's seven been seasons, almost eight now. About to, about to be near ten. <laughs> yeah, so they're finally ending it next season, and it's finally coming to an end. If you guys don't watch Agents of Shield, you should <laughs> actually coexist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it actually goes along with the movies. So if you want a little bit of hints of what's been going on on the sidelines, it's a perfect movie to see. I mean, TV show to see. So. Bullet points for y'all. Check out the Arrowverse. Check out Agents of Shield. Be on the lookout for October. That's when things really get lit for CW and all the Arrowverse shows. Uh, Marvel. What, what's the first movie from one of these movies from Marvel coming out? We got, uh, we got Black that. Widow. I believe that's, that's sometime next year. Next year. Well, you got a little longer for Phase Four of Marvel, but you got Arrowverse in a couple months, so. Sit down, watch Netflix. Like I said before in a couple episodes ago, you got it on your phones. There's no excuse why you can't have time to watch these shows. I don't want to hear it. Now, that being said, my boy Josiah, what else you got for me? We're going on to the life questions with the sensitivity and comedy. Brandon, you actually brought this topic to us. So tell us what's a little bit about what's going on here. Thanks, bro. Okay, so recently, I don't know her name, but this comedian on Comedy Central made a joke about the very i'd say controversial rapper but in the end of his life he he started seeing some change you know uh he she made a joke about the late artist um xx extentacion and basically it wasn't really a joke she said is anybody in the crowd still mourning the death of xx extentacion and people started laughing before the butt of the joke even came up so i was like i had a little bit of racial skeptivity i don't i wasn't sure what was going on there but the whole point of the joke was like you know he got shot. Uh, he got shot being robbed of fifty uh, fifty thousand dollars cash. That would be a great Venmo commercial. So I don't really see what the point of that was. But as far as like sensitivity, like cause, you know death at all times is like something not to really you know play with. Mm-hmm. But you have like comedians like Chris Rock who has made you know satire about. Tupac and Biggie's death, but it wasn't so much about funny that they died. It was kind of like the events that led up to that, how they were unnecessary and stuff like that. So how do y'all feel about like sensitivity and comedy? And if y'all think that joke was suitable, even though I don't know what the punchline was, but you know, just give me your intake on that. Uh, I feel like in comedy, I feel like the only death jokes that have been accepted in the comedy world has been, like you said, Tupac and Biggie, Michael Jackson, and I feel like Whitney Houston is kind of breaking into there where some people like making jokes about, like making jokes surrounding yeah. her death. So I feel like beyond that, people's like, no, nah, that's a no-go. And I I don't see too many comedians step out of that ground. So I guess if, if that's the standard, then yeah, I don't really agree. Because like you said, I didn't really get the butt of the joke. So I don't really know what she was trying to say. I feel like... Mm, I just feel like she probably should have tested that joke out somewhere else before she said it. Yeah, to see, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> no pun intended, people. But yeah. yeah, I feel like she probably didn't say that joke out loud 
before uh, like saying it. And I just want to know her intentions because it just sounded like she was because you know rappers are typically seen as ignorant with money. So it's like, are is she making fun of him for getting robbed? But it's like, there's no way. I, don't, I have no idea what. Maybe it was just a bad setup. We don't. We don't even know. Maybe she set the joke wrong. Yeah, maybe yeah. a terrible joke error here. Maybe she's just not playing. You really don't know. <laughs> right. But aside from that, I think especially today, I really feel like sensitive people go to insensitive areas just so they can get mad about stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it could be something that said, I don't know. For for instance, if I hate. I don't know if I hate turkey for it. I'm just anti-turkey, bro. And I'm just going, I'm going to a turkey farm. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad, bro. I'm gonna be mad. I'm just, why I don't like turkey, so why am I around there? If I don't like Brandon, yeah. why am I gonna go some somewhere where Brandon is? Right. So start off with that one. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, people be like, that's another form of clautation to me when you looking yeah. for reasons to be mad. Cause that's just corny. That is out. That is so out, bro. Right, right. I agree. For me, the sensitivity thing is like, in comedy, it's a hard thing to do with just like talking about death, period. But like you said, there's some people that are like socially acceptable to some degree. Right. I just feel like if you're going to do a joke like that, it kind of has to be in a cartoon. And even that is taking it too far. But like saying it out there in person, just hearing that type of thing is, is kind of like a no-no. She should have probably, like you said, tested it out, at least on in the mirror to her family, to another group of people before she walked out there, to her manager, literally anybody before she threw that out there. And right. my personal opinion, I wouldn't have done it, though. That joke would have stayed in my back pocket. And then, and like, I guess in her slight defense, she did release an apology, but... Yeah. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> she kind of knew then. She kind of knew it would have been... The damage is already done. Right. Yeah. And then it's like the ones who actually like make death jokes about certain celebrities, they were actually like friends with that celebrity when they were alive. Right. You know? Exactly, exactly. I, Chris Rock, for example, Chris Rock was, you know, cool with Biggie and Tupac before they, you know. Right. It's a touchy people, subject. People soft, but she was wrong, but people soft. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Live in your life. Oh, so we also got some other topics that people wanted us to cover. The first one is, here it is. In any storyline, TV or film, what one event would you change or person you would warn to change the future storyline in favor of your side, good or bad? So who wants to start off with this one? I'll, I'll let one of y'all take it. Just like you might have to take this one first. <laughs> All right. Um, well, first, starting off with storyline, I would go with the Star Wars franchise because there's a lot of things you could have changed in it, but the one specific event or person I would have warned is Yoda. Obviously, Yoda, the Grandmaster, the one who hopes to see everything, obviously didn't see this one coming. Uh, he was betrayed by pretty much anybody he could have named. Uh, his um, Padawan, his, his his co-workers, I guess you could say in a way. And then, obviously, the Chancellor, the person he's supposed to be serving. I would have warned him and said, hey, you know, that Palpatine guy, well, yeah, I know exactly who he is. We've been serving him for like the last 30 years. We got to stop this man immediately. I feel like if we did that at the beginning of the series, just as soon as the credits rolled in, you know, like dun, 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 in the <sighs> beginning there was, in the beginning there was, and it would have kept going to be there was something else after that because you know what, Palpatine's gone. We would have won. Everybody would have lived happily. Padme would have been alive. Like you can't see a bad thing going on when we warned Yoda. He probably would have had a more peaceful death another five hundred years after that because you know what, there's no stress. I mean, this man was stressing out after that. So I feel like that's the one storyline I would have changed. I don't understand what your beef is with just not joining the winning side in the storyline. See, the winning side always doesn't make it the best side because they won. Bad guys win all the time, too. Doesn't mean it's the 
winning the best side to be on. Hey, Thanos was the first bad guy I seen win on screen. He <laughs> <laughs> really was the first bad guy I seen win on screen. And the way everybody left that movie theater, I know you all were not okay with it. So why exactly would you want me to join the dark side? I was only like, okay with Spider-Man dying. Truthfully, I didn't really feel no way about anybody else. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of was more. Right. Everybody was going there, but nobody cared about anybody else that died because they knew they was coming back. But for some reason, when Spider Man died, it was like, oh man, yeah, oh, that one. Man. Man. And everybody else started dying, and I was like, who? <laughs> he had screen time. <laughs> You're right. You saw Star Lord die. You was like, hmm. all right. Falcon died. I was like, we, he was here. Right. But more <laughs> of the story. Just get with the winning side. Hey, well, you tell me a storyline then. What you got for us then, Chris? You know. I'm going to keep it in the Star Wars storyline since we're going with it. And you know, my favorite characters are my boy Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one, the man who chose the win inside. Oh, <laughs> oh. Wait, get off. Excuse me? Huh? Excuse me? You said about his that's the thing I would change. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I would change. Because my man's never got his legs or arm cut off and he didn't get burned. It's clipped for everybody. It's clipped for everybody. He won't smoke with the whole galaxy, and he gonna win. I don't. I do not disagree with that. He definitely would have won if he kept all his body parts. <laughs> no one wanted to smoke with him. But you know, stuff happens. He got burned. He became Darth Vader. He was still. He was still about to smoke. But I would definitely change him keeping his legs. You know, we need the full. We need the full potential of the Force here. If you don't know what the Force is about Star Wars, I don't really know why you're listening right now. Go, go get your life together. So, like I was saying. Need the full potential of the You got a problem with these people? No, I have a problem with people who are not hip on pop culture. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm a since we're in the Disney realm, you know, since Star Wars is owned by Disney, and I'm gonna just you know waver over to the left real quick (laughs) and talk about this Marvel Cinematic Universe that I love so much. All right. (laughs) Okay. So I'm gonna stay on the bad guy side along with you know Chris, my boy. <gasps> All right. I've been betrayed. I'm gonna need Ultron to be more of a threat than he was in those movies. Or in that movie, I'm sorry, forgive me. In that movie, because from a comic standpoint, origin, Ultron is almost comparably as strong enough for Apocalypse and Thanos. Like or and even Doctor Doom and Doctor Doom hasn't even been presented right yet. But I just feel like if Ultron just would have been more threat. Like we, if you rewatch that movie and I ho- shout out to my uh, my homeboy Peyton, uh, he he showed me that there nobody was ever really in no sense of danger for real. Well, I mean, they, they, he did get one superhero. Rick Silver was dead. He got away with one. Yeah, I mean, that, that was collateral. That was. That was collateral. That was collateral, right? He didn't mean to do that. That wasn't on purpose. It just happened to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Ultra was for me, bro. He would definitely. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you though. That movie didn't exactly bring the pain as I thought it would have for Ultra. Because don't get me wrong, I enjoy. I still enjoy the film to this day because I just love Ultron so much. I like his uh, his charismatic personality, uh-huh. but. I wish his charismatic personality matched his destruction level because it doesn't, and that hurts my feelings so much. Maybe they can bring him back somehow. Who knows? Like, see, but yeah. Brandon chose the path to the dark side, so uh, you got you. You're over here warning Yoda and everything. Whack. Wow. 
<laughs> we also got another question that was sent to us. This has to do with the DC universe. It says Batman has a code of no killing, but is his process flawed? What are your thoughts? B Rob looks like he has something on his mind. Go ahead, B Rob. Start it off. Is his process flawed? He's a justice guy. So <laughs> I guess no, it's not flawed because I guess he's just into serving. Uh, he's into dealing the same, like dealing the same pain that's given to other people. So it's I don't really know, but on since we surface level, I'm gonna just say it's straight. The code of killing is all right. Okay, okay. His code of no killing is all right to you. Yes, it's all right. It's not. It's yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, for me, I'm gonna have to go the opposite. So this is kind of how I look at Batman's code of philosophy right now. He's kind of like a good Samaritan, you know? They do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But that doesn't always mean that's being a good hero. A hero makes the hard choices. Batman kind of, with that philosophy, doesn't make the hard choices. If he actually did take out the Joker, the Riddler, all these people who kept breaking out of jail, he wouldn't have anything to do, yes, but, I mean, the city would be safe. You're protecting a city from yourself, pretty much, because you keep releasing all these people out here. I feel like if he actually just, you know, took them out for once, there'll be less to tell in the story, yes, but it'll be over. Nothing to worry about. Gotham's actually safe. There could be sunshine again, no more darkness. That's true. But at the same time, I mean, Batman did take that approach. He did see that his like his methods were flawed, his no killing was flawed. Cause like you said, I'm just he was basically saying, I'm putting these people in jail and they're getting right back up next week. So why am I keeping them alive? And so once you do see Batman turn to a code of killing. You start seeing yeah. people that he actually holds close and dear to him start to leave him. So I believe initially his code of no killing had more so to do with him not wanting to lose that Bruce Wayne aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once he crosses over to that that mindset of killing, he can no longer be Bruce Wayne. There's only Batman. Right. And then eventually he does get to that point where he realizes he can only be Batman. He can't be Bruce Wayne. And he starts killing people. <laughs> See, See I, I, I love you would like to see that. Yeah, start seeing to kill people in movies. I mean, like, okay, that, this that that sounds so bad. <laughs> that sounds so bad. But kind of like what Chris was saying a few episodes ago, like yeah. seeing that like darker side of Batman, where it's just Batman and we don't have the light lighter side of Bruce Wayne. Like, kind of like okay, kind of like what they're doing with Brightburn and how that's basically Superman but more evil. Right. That would kind of be a dope form of Batman as well. So I definitely see where Chris coming from with that. Just seeing the dark side of him a little bit more. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. We'll make all these movies the dark night and everything, and there's nothing dark about him. This man just it's, predi- it's, predictab- it's predictable at this point, and it's just starting to get kind of dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I said, it, but it's hard to capture that duality of Batman that like we were saying earlier in the earlier episodes when we were talking about the new casting for Batman. It's just hard to capture that aspect of it. But yeah, we definitely deserve something where it's just Batman not Bruce Wayne, but I feel like they do that with the animated movies more so, but they just right. can't put it onto the big screen. Yeah, because, you know, like, I don't know, man, I feel like mainstream perception means a lot to, to them, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I feel like there's, like, because I guess risk-taking is a factor in this case. I feel like they should just take the, they got the, do they have the money, though? <laughs> At this point, I'm not even sure if they have the money, because you already yeah, know what you already saw what happened with Swamp Thing, so I don't know if they actually do have the money. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know if they can take a risk no more. 
They used all their wrists up, bro. They used them all up. Right. They got to hit from now on. That's all they got left. Because I was just about to say, shoot, they got the money. They can take risks, but I had to stop myself because I don't even know if they got the money. Just give Batman to the CW, bro. Whoa, and like, right. You can't let him just be on the CW. Bro, Why you, not? You see what they made the Green Arrow, bro? <laughs> exactly. That's the Green, green Arrow. We talking about Batman. This is a pillar of DC. Exactly. That's like the greatest person in Marvel on a cartoon show. I understand. Just, this is his origin story. Like you can't do that. I understand, but tell me how many people actually mess with the Green Arrow before Arrow? Nobody. He gave the Green Nobody. Arrow a whole new perception, bro. No one knew. They made this man dark. <laughs> they made the CW Green Arrow dark. CW definitely created Green Arrow. I love it. I really do. But Batman is a whole different aspect. This is something that I wouldn't even say needs to be taken with a grain of salt. It just needs to be taken with a, a, a brick. You got They already got the perfect setup with Batman. Just from the simple crossover when they went to Gotham and it was like, uh, Bruce Wayne, he loved Gotham. Like he loved Gotham. Batman, he loved Gotham. And then, uh, what's her name? Kate Kane. She was saying how pretty much everything that was going on took a toll on Bruce, and they caused him to leave. You telling me you want you wouldn't want to see a show that leads up to that? No, just make it a movie and connect the shows. That's all they have to do. But Man, whoever's running this, whoever's running the CW Arrowverse needs to be the executive producer of that's, these films. That's the answer I wanted. Take <laughs> Batman who's in charge of that and move him over. You are <laughs> working over there. Why do they not follow that strategy? He's already under your tenure. Just take the I man. Mean, but it, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it is hard to, you know, bridge that gap of screenwriting or screenplays for a TV show and movie because you got to be more drawn out with uh, with TV shows. Yeah, yeah definitely right about that. But I mean, like, look what he's done. If you can get seven seasons, you obviously know what you're doing. Bro. Expectations are a lot, bro. What what do, what do Skip Bayless be saying? Expect. Those are a lot, bro. One person. <laughs> well, I'm giving these some expectations right now. Do better on your movies. The TV show is cool. The streaming service is cool. Your animated series are great. Do better on your movies. Fix but it. I'm, but I'm the one who be slandering. Okay. My slander is needed. And mine's not. Title this. Just when we titled the slander episode, folks. <laughs> the slander episode. And that's what we're naming it. We're naming this one slander. No jokes. We're really doing this. The slander episode is lit. Well, y'all. We're going to wrap this slander up for y'all. We had a nice yes, Saturday. Once again, shout out to Bobby for stopping by earlier, giving us the interview. Yes, sir. Jim, don't forget to go to his Instagram, follow him, listen to his music, check it out. He's on all platforms Apple Music, Spotify. Wherever you want to listen to them. But, and so are we. Oh, yeah, we are. We lit now, boy. I forgot we cool kids now. <laughs> we on Apple Music. We on Apple now. Your boys be taking over Apple. So it's lit. Josiah, go ahead and send this on out. Thanks to everyone who joined us on the show this week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word and tell everybody. Follow us on Instagram at RogueOnes underscore podcast. And find us on Spotify and iTunes. If you have a question that you want answered, inbox us. It doesn't have to be just TV, sports, or music related. We look forward to answering anything. Like our cover art? Follow our editor at Bobby underscore L-A-S-U-P on Instagram. He's also the one you heard today as a guest. And don't miss next Friday for our weekly gaming sessions at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can tune in for free on the link provided on Instagram. Talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Ask about me.